Wilson set it in out high for Jensen. Dropped it off left circle and drive. Saved Leonard. Now it's in the goal. Leonard had made the initial save and he could not settle the rebound. Kuznetsov finishes it off. Washington takes a 1-0 lead. Got a good old-fashioned ass kick in tonight. Tracks down the loose puck in the right corner. Goes behind the Vegas goal. Feeds right. Ovechkin shoots and a stick save. Thompson stops Ovechkin this time. You think I like to shoot out? Into the offensive zone. Drop pass and a shot. Glove save! Logan Thompson flashes his mitt for the first time today. And then a nonchalant head nod. He knows he's in the groove. You know, for the believers out there, thanks for sticking with us. I know, you know, there were some doubters out there after the last game, but but uh, I knew our group would, would respond with a real good effort, and uh, we did that tonight. Do you think they've slayed the dragon, and now it's just a matter of, uh, of cooking up some, some supper? I just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Dude, shout out to a simpler time in America when all of us were captivated by the California Raisins. Golden Knights don't play again until Sunday, but their playoff hopes have been reinvigorated thanks to an 0-3 road trip from the Dallas Stars in Western Canada. Our first bite this morning was who starts in goal for the Golden Knights on Sunday when they take on the Sharks. Uh, Steven, our number one listener in Australia, he said Jesse Granger gets the late season debut. Um, wouldn't surprise me, honestly, after last game. Uh, Michael Perkins said at the first TV period, at the start of the game until the first TV timeout, Robin Leonard, then Logan Thompson comes in for the rest <laughs> of the game. Uh, and then uh, Buzzle Around says Logan Thompson gets two of the three starts with Robin Leonard getting the second on the back-to-back games. Uh, there's four games left, so missing a game there. But uh, Logan Thompson, that might be the that might be the legitimate answer here is Logan Thompson, except they go to Leonard on the second the, night of a back-to-back. The key is, let me let me ask you this. They lose Sunday, 4-2, uh, you know, 4-3, whatever it might be. And then the biggest game by far, obviously, Tuesday at Dallas, who starts. And I'm saying Logan Thompson starts Sunday. Um, if they lose... To San Jose, but he starts then the biggest game that will probably decide everything is Tuesday in Dallas, who starts. If they lose and it's a like significant number of goals allowed, like you said, four, Robin Leonard starts. Okay. Uh, if they lose like one nothing on Sunday, then Logan Thompson's Well, if they score zero there. against San Jose at home, then they don't deserve <laughs> to be in the playoffs. So there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, if they, I think if they lose and Thompson doesn't have a good game, gives up a significant amount of goals or whatever... I think they're going to Robin Leonard. I, I I don't know who's making that decision, but I think whoever does make that decision is going to make it be Robin Leonard for at least the start of that game. And then maybe he gives up one goal on 13 shots and they decide, yeah, let's go back to Logan Thompson for the rest of this game. But I have a, I have a goalie hot take for you this morning. I've waited uh, for this. I think front offices are, are missing a loophole in a salary cap sport of the NHL. I would never pay a goalie a significant amount of money. Like I would never pay one more than let's say $3 million on a per year basis. I might never pay one more than a million dollars to be completely honest with you. And the reason is, is that this position is one of the most fickle in sports. The ability to be a good goalie and above average goalie every single year. I don't know that it exists. There's a few guys that can do it, but not many. And if you look this year, 
26 goalies, and we're going to use save percentage, which is really just baseline statistic, not the best way to do an evaluation on goalies, but that's what we're using. 26 goalies this year have a save percentage of 910 or better. 12 of those 26 are being paid less than $3 million this season. Seven of those 26 are being paid less than a million dollars this season, right? So on the other side of that, 16 goalies have a save percentage over 9.10 that are making, or seven of the 16 that have a save percentage over 9.10 are making $5 million or more. So there's only seven guys in the league that have had a good season that are getting paid a bunch of money. And half the goalies in the league are making uh, 3 million that have a save percentage over 9.10. So what that means here is that there's no real difference between paying a goalie a lot of money and not paying a goalie a lot of money and their actual save percentage at the end of the day, right? 31 goalies this year are making less than $3 million. 19 of them have a save percentage under 9-10. So that means you got about a 38% chance if you pay a goalie uh, less than $3 million that he's going to be above 9-10. You only have a 50% chance if you pay him more than $3 million. So that, that jump isn't that significant. I would never pay a goalie. I would spend all my money on the skaters that make the goalie as irrelevant as possible, and I would just load up on as many $750,000 goalies I could have in my organization, and I would just try them all out until one of them stuck. Marc-Andre Fleury's agent disagrees. Marc-Andre Fleury's agent might not be <laughs> the best person no, to get their opinion not. on this topic. No, he's not. Um, but I think this is a... This is a position that you could make a legitimate argument for treating it like the NFL treats running backs, that you can find competent goalie play for extremely cheap and that paying a guy $3 million, $5 million, $7 million, $10 million is objectively stupid when there's a salary cap. Boy, they would disagree, wouldn't they? I, 100%. Because here's... Jimmy here's stole the, it for us. Right. Hot goalies in the playoffs. Here's the the biggest problem with that with my idea here of simply never paying a goalie is if you have a team that can win the Stanley Cup, the easiest way to prevent yourself from winning the Stanley Cup is to have a bad goalie and just right. have an atrocious right. goalie. And if you don't pay goalies, you're increasing your odds of having a bad goalie and ruining an entire season. No doubt about it. But I think in the long run, if you did this, if you if you had the freedom, you know, a lot of these guys don't have the freedom to do whatever they want because they'll get fired if they don't have success. But if you had the freedom, if you had the security to just be like, yeah, if we do this for a decade, it's going to work out in our favor more often than not. If you did this for a decade, I think you would be better off as an organization never paying a goalie. And you, you might run through goalie. You might play seven in one year because you're trying to find cheap guys and it doesn't work out. But I think that's a much much better option for teams. And here's the other part. If you're good enough and your goaltending sucks and you think, well, we can win it if we get a good goalie, go trade for one at the deadline. There's going to be a goalie available. Marc-Andre Fleury got moved. You can bring him in. He can be an average goalie if that's what you need. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a exploitation that NHL teams are not taking advantage of to not pay this position because we're seeing it with the Golden Knights. Logan Thompson can walk in making $776,000 and outplay the guy making $5 million. Why on earth would you keep paying the guy $5 million when you can find somebody for less than a million that plays better than him? So he's not the exception to the rule. 
no, I, I think they're, it's certainly more likely than not the guy's going to suck who's making less than a million dollars, but there's enough good. I mean, Thatcher Demko almost beat the Golden Knights in a playoff series. Jordan Bennington came out of nowhere to take the Blues from like third to last in the NHL to, the to a Stanley Cup in like four months. Like you can, yes, sure that you can call those exception to the rules, but it happens like every single year. There's at least one really good goalie that just came out of nowhere. And in my eyes, I'm going to try to find that. I'm going to have six of those guys. Every, uh, yeah, you are, you, four of them are starting in the AHL. Some of you guys are starting in the ECHL, whatever. But I'm going to have options. And if it's going to be Logan Thompson first, guess what? He gets 10 games. If he's god awful, we're going to Yuri Patera or something like that. <laughs> I think Yuri Patera came up for a day. He did. He was he here for a day. Up. And I don't even Backed know if the, I think they were flying back at the time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yuri Patera shows up at City National. Wait, there's no one here. Well, they're on the plane. But listen, you're in a salary capped sport. You don't. You can't just have whoever you want. You gotta. Ha- you gotta make cuts somewhere. And I would make cuts to the goalie position because I think I can get quality play out of a guy making seven dollars as opposed to the guy making seven million. There's no Wouldn't one you would pay goal. overpay that. I mean, listen, like Andre Vasilevsky. Like Vasilevsky. Is, I was, that's the first name right. I thought of was Andre Vasilevsky. Tampa's won back-to-back championships. They've got a goalie making some money. They've got a goalie who's good. He, he's an excellent goalie. But I think is – and sure, you might – listen, I'll put it to you this way. In my philosophy here, right, Robin Leonard's gone in the offseason. Logan Thompson's the starting goalie next year. You're paying him $776,000. If the Golden Knights were to win the Stanley Cup next year and Thompson was awesome for the regular season and the postseason, I, I you know, okay, we won the Cup. I'll pay you some money to stick around. Yeah. But if if we haven't won anything and you haven't been awesome, right, if, if we've lost in the postseason because you kicked a puck into your net or Uh-oh. we lost in the postseason Uh-oh. because you didn't move on a save you were supposed to make two days ago, like – I'm not paying you $7 million when you might do something stupid like that. I can pay Logan Thompson to do something stupid like that. So, no, I don't, there's not many I would pay. We'd have to win the cup for me to pay you. Logan Thompson goes from seven seventy to $5 million just because they get a ring, which is I, fine. Which, it, which yeah. for the next 10 years would be say, like with the Blues. It would be the next 10 years they'll still be talking about Bennington because they won right. the cup. Absolutely. If 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 Logan Thompson, if they win the Stanley Cup next year and Logan Thompson's the best player on the ice for the entire postseason, uh, absolutely pay the guy. I got no problem with it. You won the Stanley Cup, you accomplished the goal, and that guy was a big reason for it. But until then, no, Logan Thompson for 775 is what we're doing. That's all we're paying for the rest of the time here. And listen, if he's not any good, is Dylan Ferguson still on this uh, organization's roster? Bring him up. Let's go. Dylan <laughs> Ferguson, you're getting 10 games. How much we paying you? Less than a million? Perfect. Perfect. No problem. And if you suck, Yuri Patera's next. Just keep him coming. That's what I would do. Well, that's a thought. I, I don't know great. if they're going to follow your way of thinking because I think they'll still pay goalies a ton of money. I'd be a great general manager. No doubt about it. Would you it. be fired right now if you're Kelly McCrimmon, if everything happened the way it happened? Would I be fired? If everything um, if everything happened the way it's happened, you've made no changes. You This is what's happened. And and they don't make the play. And as GM, you don't make the playoffs. I better not be. I'm throwing everybody else under the bus. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you made me GM, but this George McPhee guy's making all the decisions. Get rid of him. Let me take over. We'll be in the playoffs again next year. That's what I'd be doing. What a shock. You'd yeah. go in and just... 
kill everybody else. Right. You guys are you guys are all gone. You're all going under the bus. <laughs> this Pete DeBoer guy, did you see what he did with the goalie? Have you seen Steve Spot's power play? <laughs> what i'd be saying you think i control the power uh-uh you give me a better power play coach in here and we're winning by the way bill this this goalie guy we're not paying anybody five million dollars <laughs> no chance bill you want it you want an illegal team against the cap i got it for you we just don't have a goalie that makes any money i i'm so much better at this it'd be great i cannot wait until this is what we need to do treat them like running backs be like nope you're not getting paid any money you get in here on your entry-level contract for less than a million dollars for a few years and then once you think you're getting paid Go somewhere else. We got Yuri Patera 2.0 coming up. It's going to be phenomenal. I'd be I'd be the best general manager in hockey. I'm convinced <laughs> of it. Convinced of it. Saying now. you. Yeah. I listen. I don't. All the other decisions we can make the same, but I'm um, I'm not paying goalies, and I'm a significant advantage. And then, well, once I win the first Stanley Cup, they'll start. Oh copying. yeah. Once you win your first one. Once you win yeah, your first the, one. I, I can probably get three in before enough of the league starts copying me and and takes me off the perch there. And then I got to come up with something completely stupid to do to beat him again you you do the opposite you pull in dick you Saban. only pay goalies you only pay goalies and yes. you're like well we'll never we never stop like we never let up a goal so eventually right. we'll score right well it just went in shootouts or something like that yes that only then yeah after three years of winning the cup then we only pay goalies and don't pay anybody else and just play the ugliest game of hockey you can possibly literally pay. you have a three goalie rotation of all like the highest paid goalies in the league and you're like well this is my opener this is my setup man and this is my closer and then we bring malcolm suban off the bench in order to do the shootout perfect all right coming up next we take a look at some bracketology in april Bischoff's briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's briefs. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we got a six-foot sub from Porta Subs to give away, and you'll get qualified to win a new Yeti cooler, so stay tuned for that. Today, though, Bischoff's Briefs, we're taking a look at college basketball because Joe Lenardi already has bracketology out for the 2023 NCAA tournament. you got to love bracketology for an NCAA tournament that's happening in 11 months, especially now with the transfer portal where there are still hundreds of of uncommitted transfers and plenty that are going to make significant differences for teams in the NCAA tournament. But I do think there is a little bit of value from this because Joe Lenardi has three Mountain West teams in his bracketology, San Diego State, Colorado State, and Wyoming. And he seeded them 8, 9, and 10, respectively. I think that sets an expectation for Mountain West teams. And if you're UNLV looking to get back to the NCAA tournament, this is a conference that can get multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. We just saw that this past season. We'll probably see it again next season. However, you're not really likely to have a great seed, right? I don't think anything high, higher than six would be a very special season for a Mountain West team. But there's also three teams. Listen, if you get an eight, nine, or ten seed, you're not really on the bubble. You're, you're pretty safe going into Selection Sunday most of the time if you get a 10 seed or better. So that's three legitimately good Mountain West teams. There's a chance for the Mountain West to do that again, which means there's a chance for UNLV to be one of those three teams. So if you look at what UNLV needs to do to get to that level, if you're a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament, roughly speaking, you're top 40 in the country, right? 
So the question is, can UNLV be top 40 or even top 50? Because you can get in the NCAA tournament is worse than the 10 seed. So if they're just trying to be top 50, there's a lot that's going to go into this when you start talking about how do you get to top 50 in net or top 50 in Ken Palm, right? Schedule is going to be important. We saw it this past season. They lost all of their tough non-conference games. It basically eliminated any shot at the NCAA tournament before they played a single Mountain West game. They need to play some. We don't know what their schedule is. They need to play some and win some good non-conference games this upcoming season. The good part about last year, the Mountain West was actually good for the NCAA tournament. There were plenty of teams in the top 100. There were plenty of teams held that were in the top 50. And UNLV actually were able to beat some of them. They need that again, right? You need three or four teams that are in the top 50 or 60 and then a couple more in the top 100. That way you can get some quad one and quad two games in conference play and you're not solely relying on your non-conference schedule. They might have that. If Joe Lenardi's thing is right, they'll have three teams that are in the top 50 for sure and maybe some more. So beyond that, though, what the real focus is this time of year is the roster and the transfer portal and what it's going to look like. So if you're trying to find a path for UNLV to be top 50, and we'll just say top 50 in Ken Palmer net, which take into account offensive and defensive ratings here, right? UNLV right now, can they have, I think one of the biggest questions, can they be a top 20 defense in the country next season? Last year, they were 97th on defense. The last time UNLV finished top 20 in defensive efficiency was the 2012-2013 season, which was the last time that UNLV went to the NCAA tournament. So can UNLV be top 20 again? It's, it's possible here. If you're going off projections and what guys have done in their past, Evan Maya, who's got the transfer portal rankings, Luis Rodriguez and Elijah Harkless are both ranked as top 50 defensive transfers. They're top 50 overall too, but they, he ranks them by offense and defense expectations. Both are in the top 50 defensively. Elijah Parquet, who they got from Colorado, also considered a plus defender. That's three incoming transfers that are good, if not great, defensively. You add that to what UNLV already has. Donovan Williams, if he comes back, is a solid defender. Keyshawn Gilbert is excellent, maybe the most annoying defensive player in the Mountain West. And then David Mwaka and Victor Ewalker are plus defenders at center. They're not going to be spectacular by any means, but they're plus defenders in the front court. This team should have seven, maybe eight or more plus defenders next season. Is that good enough to be top 20 is the question, or is that simply good enough to where somewhere in, you know, the top 50, are they the 48th best defense? Because that's probably not going to be good enough if they're not in the top 20, because the defense probably needs to be top 20. There's a lot of pressure on the defense to be top 20 because I don't think this offense is going to be very good right now. UNLV seven or more good defenders. I don't know that they have more than two good offensive players, right? If Donovan Williams comes back, he's a good offensive player. I'm not sure if he's good enough to be the number one guy on an NCAA tournament team, but he's a good offensive player. Jackie Johnson from Duquesne should be a good offensive player, right? He had a, a pretty efficient season last year. Only played 20 minutes a game, but scored quite a bit. Wasn't super inefficient. If he gets more minutes, if he gets more shots, does his efficiency dip and he becomes a low-efficiency gunner? Or is he able to maintain some level of efficiency and be a good you know, secondary option? And then there's Elijah Harkless, who might be a good offensive player. He has not been very efficient in his career, but there's obviously the opportunity he gets a lot more efficient and that he has a good offensive year. 
Outside of those three, though, Jordan McCabe's a pass first, pass second, pass third point guard. Doesn't create a lot of shots for himself. Elijah Parquet and Luis Rodriguez are two transfers with very little offensive production in four years of college basketball. David Mwaka and Victor Ewalker are just, they're just not offensive threats. Keyshawn Gilbert was bad on offense last year. Not a three-point threat. Turned the ball over a lot. Maybe Justin Baker or Justin Webster or Josh Baker can be take a big step up. They were decent offensively last year, but you need them both to shoot better if that's going to be the case. Last year with Bryce Hamilton, they having a great offensive season. UNLV ranked 87th in offensive efficiency. Right now, I think they've taken a big step back offensively, right? And if you look ahead into next season, trying to project where they're going to rank in offensive efficiency, are they going to be in the top 100? Or is this a team that's, you know, 110, 115, 120? Which right now would be my guess as to where they end up. And the only way that you're top 50 with a outside the top 100 offense is to be in the top 20 on defense. So I think there's a lot of pressure on this defense to be really, really good if they don't land another significant offensive player. Ultimately, I think UNLV trying to project right now, I think they finish somewhere between like 35 and 45 in defensive efficiency and like 110 to 120 in offensive efficiency, which ends up putting them around 70 to 80th in Ken Palm rank, which would not be good enough to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, they would be maybe an NIT team if they got up that high. But I think ultimately they're still coming up short of the NCAA tournament. What are the numbers again? Offensive efficiency that you have to make the NCAA tournament if you're top 20? Defensively? Uh, top 35, you, 40? So if they're if they're top 20 on defense efficiency, they can be about 100 to 110, maybe even 120 on offense to be... And, still, and still be NCAA tournament worthy. Right. It, it, that is possible if they can get top 20 in defense. And listen, if they get top 20 in defense, I don't think it's going to take that much for them to be top 115 on offense. I think they'll get there. But I just I don't know that they'll be that good defensively to make up for what the well, offense currently lacks. I mean, if they're 70s in Ken Palm, they're not getting in. Right. Yeah. There was one team in the 70s last year that got in yeah. as an at-large. It's, and it it's was hard Rutgers. to get in as an at-large yeah. at, at 70s in Ken Palm. It's possible. but And Rutgers had a weird resume where they beat a bunch of quad one teams and lost a bunch of games to bad right, teams, right, but they got right. in because they beat quad one teams. UNLV is not going to have that many quad one games to make up for it like Rutgers did. So it's a, this team, I, again, to be an NCAA tournament team, I think one of two things has to happen right now. Either one, this team's got to be a top 20 defensive team, which is possible, but still not a little easy. unlikely at this point. Right. Or two, they've got to find an offensive player. Maybe it's Elijah Harkless, right? Maybe Kevin Kruger's got a plan for Elijah Harkless that's going to make him awesome this season. Maybe it's Donovan Williams comes back. It's just incredible. I'd say both of those are unlikely and more likely they need to go find somebody that can be that. But I think th those are what one of those two things has to happen for this to be an NCAA tournament level team. Well, he, cer he certainly made a point with all his recruits on which way oh. he's going. I mean, it doesn't, help. there's no... More. <laughs> that's not even that's not even a question when you see who he signed and what they're known for uh he's making a point and i guess are you surprised at that or is it because um if you can't get a better player other than bryce hamilton brass hamilton offensively you don't think you can get that guy you turned it to defense yeah it, it you're right it might be like you sit back and say okay what's the easier path 
it's probably to just be great defensively because it's easier to land a great defensive player out of the portal than it oh, is yeah, an offensive absolutely. player, right? As much as coaches talk about, ah, everybody gravitates toward offense, they do too because it's important. So it's, it's you know, Elijah Harkless and um, Luis Rodriguez are both considered top 50 defensive players. That's easier to get than a top 50 offensive player. So that, I think, might be the, the smart way they sure. realized where they stood this transfer portal and said, all right, let's just try to load up on defense yeah and you know again they're still missing something it's still not a perfect roster but you're probably never going to have a perfect roster but it's not the worst strategy given where UNLV is so I don't mind it I still think they need something though right I think they need something else offensively whether it's somebody taking a massive step that's sort of you know unheard of or it's finding somebody else in that portal. I just don't know that they're going to be good enough to do it. So we'll see. I think there's reasons to be optimistic. Oh, the one last thing on this. Last year in the preseason, Kevin Kruger talked about his team being a top 25 defensive team in the country too. So this is not new. This is what he tried to do last year. They weren't quite that good, but this is what he's trying to do again this season. And I would assume he's going to try to do it every season. I assume we're having the same conversation right, next, next year. year of who's scoring this for is this who team? He is. Yeah, this, Which this is fine probably, if it works out. Right, this is probably the roster building strategy they're going to go with, unless obviously they land the superstar. Then okay, we got the superstar, and we can go from there. Coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show from the right arch. Mercy, he snapped that net. Lowry with a rebound and the push, leaves it for Hero. Three ball from the X and FTX Arena, the far side logo marked the spot, knocking it down for three. Ball got tipped, did get to Tyler Hero, who elevates. Three ball splash. Embrace this man. His offensive game has no rival among reserves, and he's scoring like an elite score in this league for the last little while. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. I can be your hero, baby. Joining us now is Cassie Soto. Good morning, Cassie. How are you? Hello. I will stand by you forever. All right, hold on. Yeah. Keep going. Keep, Keep going. letting go. You can take my breath away. Wow. What a banger. Nice. Very nice. What are we doing here? It's great. Does, oh, does Tyler have any idea who that who, who was singing? Not oh, you, but the other person. you know person. who that is? I do not know. No, you're lying. No, I, I mean, I've heard the song before, but I don't know who sings it. Oh, Tyler. What? Who sings it? Enrique Iglesias. Iglesias. Oh, uh, what, what, am I, what am I supposed to know? Enrique wonder if he's still dating Anna about. Kornikova. They've been dating for like yeah. 30 years, Did haven't you, they? Do you know who Anna Kornikova is, Tyler? Yeah, she played in a sport, so I know who that is. A sport? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What sport? Tennis. Oh, okay. You just said a sports. I'm like, hold on, hold on. We're going to make sure you know which sport it was. <laughs> Wait, they've been dating for 30 years. Oh, they've so been. They've, I mean, if they're still together, it's been a long, they've been long together, time. I just looked it up since 2001. And they're wow. not married? No, they have like a whole thing. Like they refuse to get married because they think once you get married, it like kills everything. <laughs> oh, bad news for you. <laughs> here you here, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so they say. How uh, 2001, so that's over 20 years. I guess the question is, how would getting married ruin anything when it's been two decades? Yeah, I don't know. They got three, they have three kids together Lucy, Mary, and Nicholas. 
Wow. Those are pretty boring names for Enrique Iglesias and Anna Kornikova. <laughs> they should have they paid the woman 35 grand to come up with better names. Oh, my baby did name you hear it. that story, Cassie? What? There's a, there's a woman who made $150,000 last year by naming other people's babies. Were they good names? No. Uh, uh, the, one, of the examples, one of the examples was a couple named their child Parks because their first kiss was in a city called Parktown. No. <laughs> so um, she does. I, I want. I, I. You're in debt to me if that's your suggestion for my kids. <laughs> but she she does a lot of research. She asks a lot of questions, and then she comes up with, you know, I guess a list of four or five names based on that, and then the couple picks it, and she gets and she makes a ton of money doing this. Minimum. Of, she's got different packages, so the minimum is five thousand for her to just offer up names. But I guess you can pay her more, and she'll like get into your genealogy and look back at your family tree and ask you questions about what city did you have your first kiss in to try to come up with a name. So my baby's name will be Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> name, name, your, name your baby Los. Then it'd be uh, you know, kind of easy, uh, you know. Becker, Becker, Becker Middle School. Beck, Becker's not bad. That's Becker? not Becker, bad. Becker's, Becker's not pretty bad. bad. If Cassie has a baby bad. and names it Becker, we're making fun. Not horrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, my grandfather would be like, "Get Becker, get Becker." Is there any chance you name your child after someone in the family, whether it's uh, E's or your family? Um, uh, middle names, yeah. Oh, middle names. Okay. Middle names, yeah. That's a cop out. That's what my parents did. That's a cop out. Becker yeah. Los. <laughs> That's what Becker I want. I want Becker Lowe's. Yeah, oh, Becker Lowe's Morales. That, that kid's oh. going to be a dweeb. Jeez. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, when, someone... you name, when you name a kid, though, tell me, Ed, did you think of all the different ways kids could make fun of their name? Um, No, I never thought of that. It was easy with my daughter because it was, she just got named after my mom. My son okay. was after a movie, so it's not. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, he got after a character in a movie, so I didn't really think if. I mean, he wasn't going to turn out to the, be that character, but if he did, he would. You know, it'd have been badass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did you just call your son not a badass? Would have been. He can be. He can be. I didn't even think of that. He can be in many situations, but anyway. Um, did yeah. Did you just call your kid a dweeb? No. No. Kind of did. He kind of did. Not him. No. I think he did. No. Um, all right, Cassie, I have a question for you on what you'd be yeah. willing to do. Uh, okay. Jason Fitz, apparently this week, is going to do an interview with Max Crosby where they both get a tattoo together. Uh, it's not going to be the same tattoo. But would you, <laughs> would you get a tattoo in order to interview somebody? That's an awesome idea. I, would absol I absolutely would. Would you get a matching tattoo with somebody to get an interview with them? Depends who it is. <laughs> well, are you? I'm. Like, I, I don't think I'd get a matching tattoo with Max Crosby. I don't think oh. we're in the same. Unless it was like, you know what? The the best thing we have in common is we're both weirdly obsessed with our dogs. So if he got like a paw print of his dog and I got paw prints of mine, then that that could be matching, but like still kind of unique. Well, don't make oh, it plural because you'd only get one paw, so we know that. Oh, right. So you yes. can't, one set of paws. Yeah, one set of paws. You're not going to make it plural. <laughs> yeah. That other poor dog. He you, picks his favorite. I we we know mine, and yeah, we each get a paw print. Yeah, I'd be uh, down with that. That's cool. Would you know what he's getting? 
No. No, we uh, did not. Uh, well, oh, no, he is no. getting a quote. Yeah, Jared's right. He's yeah. getting a quote. Crosby's getting an inspirational quote. Uh, Jason Fitz is getting something about the NFL draft. Imagine you pick out their tattoo and they pick out yours. And you don't know what it is until it's done. I mean, oh. they both have a lot of tattoos. I think that's easier to do if you have a lot of tattoos. Like, And they both do have a lot of tattoos. But like, if it was like your first tattoo, there's no way you can let somebody else pick out your first tattoo. I have five. You have five? I have five. And who and, and you picked I them all out? Yeah, I did. Five. Would you who how many people in your life would you trust to say they're just picking out your tattoo? No questions asked from you. How many people do you trust would pick out a good tattoo for you? Probably Estrus, so my sister Celine and my dad. So three. Wow, that's what about Bronco Bay? What about the mother? <laughs> She put me like a chicken or something, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want that. Wait, what kind of tattoo do you think your dad would pick out for you? Um, I don't know. He'd probably try to go like overly like inspirational. (laughs) I just end up looking like a like a walking Bible or something. (laughs) My son has my son has Chinese proverbs on his side. Does he speak Chinese? No. How did so, he, Ed, wait, wait, how did he confirm what they said? That. If you don't, like, speak the language, you're getting tattooed in. Well, can, like, can I'm you sure he that? saw the proverb and said, I guess that's it. And he showed the person what it looked like, and the person uh, went ahead and did it. I don't know what he it says. He 100% has a, like, recipe for orange chicken on his side. <laughs> yeah, what if it says, my dad named me Tristan, now I'm a dweeb. No. What if that's the tattoo? No, it looks good. Look, look, It looks very badass, actually. I don't know what it says. Oh, look at that. I don't know yeah. what it well, says. It look good, but you don't know what it says. Yeah, it looks good, but I, uh, I don't know what it says. He's got... Cassie... How would you feel if I got some Spanish phrase tattooed on my body without knowing what it actually said? I can think of a few. (laughs) (laughs) You, if you got anything tattooed in Spanish, it'd probably be dos acero. Well, that's a good point. You're right. I would get dos acero tattooed. So you know, you would know what that meant. I, I, I will tell you this, Cassie. If the United States knocks Mexico out of the World Cup in November or December by the score of two to nothing, I will get dos acero tattooed somewhere on my body. If the United States does tattoos? what? No, I don't have any tattoos. No. Save this Save live, this. live on the air. Save it right yeah. now. I will if they knock Mexico out by a score of two to nothing from the World Cup. I will absolutely get Dos Acero tattooed somewhere on my body. Live on the air? Uh, sure, if we can yes! set that up, no problem. Oh, whatsoever. we're doing it. Save it. Save yeah. it. now. Well, now I don't want it because, but we'll just be, that, that. that'll be that'll be a rough day for you. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, so it, that, that'll be it'll be worth it. That'll one hundred percent be worth it. No doubt about hey, it. Hey, how was your concert? It was great. I went to two of them. They were phenomenal. Was the first one better or the second one? Um, I think I like the second one better. The, my girlfriend, Brandy, liked the first one better for some reason, but I think I like the second one better. He liked the, the second one because there was a dad dancing. Oh, yeah. So, Cassie, sitting behind us, there was a guy with, I, I assume he was with his daughter. I hope it was his daughter. And uh, I'm, his pretty, wife. <laughs> I'm pretty certain he had never heard anything about BTS before this concert because every. <laughs> Everything that they did, he was so pumped for. He was like, this is unbelievable. This is awesome. I can't believe how great they are. Like, he was the most excited person there. 
And what was her kid? What was his kid doing? I she didn't I didn't I couldn't hear her if she was talking back to him. I don't know if she was saying anything. Uh-huh. So I don't know. He was just pumped about ev- <laughs> like every time they would do some like fancy dance move, he would just start yelling. It was inc- it, it made the show. It was incredible. Did he have a glow stick? Um, his daughter did. I don't think he did. His his uh. his daughter Becker did. <laughs> she was she was glow sticking. Becker had the glow stick. Which, I I still way, guys I still can't believe you guys don't like that name though. It's not, no. it's not very good. Ed. It's not a good. Love name. that name, Becker. And by the way, I think the <laughs> reason that I show. enjoyed I enjoyed the second show better is because we bought the cheapest tickets. We were three rows from the top for the second time we went. Oh, I wow. didn't I didn't realize it as much in the first show when we sat a little bit lower. But the glow sticks, they all they change colors, but they go like with the beat of every song. Like yeah, it, they're like programmed. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't realize it as much when we were sitting lower. But that was like <laughs> made the show ten times better because there's just colors flashing the entire time with the beat of the song. It was great. Phenomenal. How was show. it? The the seats, the view up there. I mean, not great. We're at the very top, but you, know, you can still see the big screens where they put all the close up shots. So it was still still solid. Yeah, there's not really many bad seats in that building. It's just there's it's just bad. Up. It's just bad acoustics. You can't oh, hear the anything. sound. The sound. Uh, sounds, the sounds a disaster. Yeah, tell your yeah, boss. I was, debating, I was debating going to Bad Bunny in September, so I don't know. He's at Allegiant. Yeah. Yeah, don't go if you okay. want to hear it. <laughs> okay. Maybe watch, maybe like, a live go. stream or something. Well, yeah, maybe you can go to experience it, but wear earphones and play the songs on your phone while he plays them live. That way you know what's happening. Noted. That'd be a better way to experience. All right, get out of here. She's Cassie Soto. Go get a tattoo. Thank you, Cassie. Bye. Go get your sixth tattoo. Five tattoos. I will. I mean, I have three. I've got two. uh, how, How many of the three do you regret, Jared? None. Oh, okay. Ed, how many of the two do you? Oh, regret? none. They're my kids. Okay. They're my kids' initials. Oh, that's right. That's no. right. You've told us that. No. Do you regret the kids though? Like I would. No, I don't okay. regret it. <laughs> I'm pretty Thanks sure for checking in on that. I'm pretty sure there's like a biological imperative most people experience that when you have kids, you are like your brain releases chemicals. They're like, yeah. I like this I like thing. this person. Doesn't sound fun. I don't want to be a part of that. No, don't want that to happen to me. If I had a kid and I liked him, oh my god! I mean, what be a li- that would the be. problem is, is that kid would be constantly sent home from school. Like, yeah, he keeps correcting me. Yes, exactly. That's right. All right, here we go. You've got a shot to win something right now. We've got a six-foot classic sub from Porta Subs. You'll take that home. Plus. You'll be qualified to win a new Yeti cooler thanks to Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. So right now, you win the six-foot sub from Porta Subs, and you'll have a chance to win that new Yeti cooler. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. When a guy's banging you, you don't you spin off of him. Those are the worst defenders to play against, actually, because if you can feel their body, uh, come on. 18 points for Joker, only nugget in double figures. 69-59, Golden State shooting 67. You're locked in the press box. Has there ever been a better television sports show no. than Inside the NBA? No, it's so I don't good. think it's close. I don't think, I don't think it's even close. Did Shaq get mad at Kenny the Jet the other night? Uh, no. It was legit getting mad at him. Or, wait, I saw him prank him with the, the protein shake. 
No, it was something where, gosh, what was he talking about? But he he uh, he said to stare at him, and Kenny Kenny tried to make a joke at the end, and Shaq wasn't having it, and he said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna something like I'm gonna get all like monster on you or something like that," and it was like it was not completely uncomfortable, but you could tell like one of the few times like it wasn't like a complete joking around. But there's no TV show, sports TV show like it. And the amazing part is, I think half that show doesn't actually watch basketball. Well, I know Charles doesn't watch college basketball because he's, every year they do the NCAA tournament, he has no idea what he's talking about in terms of college basketball. Well, but like, that's, I actually now look forward to that. Which is which is which makes it even better. Yeah. They've programmed me to be like, I wonder what Charles is going to say wrong. <laughs> like, like they, I'm pretty. They play it to game where they ask Charles Barkley. What team NBA players what team play, you for? play for? Yeah. And he gets it wrong like ninety nine percent of the time. Like, and it's the greatest show about basketball. And ever, nobody, like, nobody disagrees with that. No. It's universally just like, yep, that is exactly where I want to watch after a basketball. Oh, game. I think you know what I think Kenny got on him for. He they came out of a break and he wasn't at his seat. <laughs> I think Shaq was just kind of wandering on the set somewhere, and like, hey, we're actually. On- I was back to see Kenny got all mad at him and he goes, I was there, I was there, and he like he he was uh he was not happy that he was getting made fun of. But I've seen Charles do that. I've seen Charles just walking around the studio and then like, oh, we're on, and he sits down. Which again, all this to me plays into the fact it's the best show. It makes it great. Right. right. Oh, it's 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 incredible. I'm um, tr- trying to think of the guy. I want to say it's Anthony Tolliver is the guy that has been on who he played for. Like there was every a season. Every season because he's <laughs> He's played for like every team in the NBA. And so Charles will be like, I got it this time. I know he's a Sacramento King. He plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Let's see. Anthony, do either of you know what team Anthony Tolliver played for this season? No. He played this season? Yes. No. No. He played uh, in 11. Oh, no, that's a lie. That's last season. The last team he played for. I'm sorry. Uh, the last team he played for was Philadelphia. Okay. Um, no here clue. are all of the teams that Anthony Tolliver has played for. Detroit, Minnesota, Sacramento, Charlotte, Atlanta, Golden State, Portland, <laughs> Phoenix, San Antonio, Memphis, Philly. <laughs> Got to be kidding me. Uh, <laughs> just, that's a great career. Oh, journeymen's make a lot of money. They make so a I, lot of money. I will say, to be fair to Charles Barkley, I do not expect anybody to know who Anthony Tolliver plays for. That is a that is an acceptable player to not know what team he is on because he has played on about a third of the league right now. But he's all. But he's Ow. wrong about other guys too. Well, yeah, he'll be wrong about players. He should. Pro- he'll be wrong about players in the game he just watched, and not know what team they're on. All right, it's the Bucks, and uh, <laughs> it's the Bucks. Uh, where does Drew Holiday play? <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans. So, yeah, in, incredible show. Um, by the way, I'm at home today. It's very windy out. I don't know how this happened, but when they came to get my recycling, they somehow managed to throw three cardboard boxes just on the street. That was yours or someone else's? Yeah. Oh, they're mine. Like outside my house right now on the road are just three cardboard boxes scattered around. Yeah, it is windy. They pick those things up and they just dump them and you never know. What did it get blown out before yeah, it, it got, got dumped blown into out the before. Tr- truck? Yeah, you pick uh, them up, you open up the can, and uh, those things might have blown out before uh, they hit the ground. What are we doing the end here? Of the now truck. Gonna, now I'm gonna go pick up this recycling. Not only that, it's gonna clog up my recycling bin. It's gonna be too full the next time they come. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just happy you recycle so much. There you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's easy. It's, it's easy. It is? Yeah, it's Earth Day. Well, it is Earth Day today. Go so to Google, go, 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 Google go and get your, be Go depressed. get your boxes. It's Earth Day. People are going to be driving past your house going, look at this guy. It's yeah. Earth Day, and he's got well, the these... cardboard boxes sitting in the driveway. Well, you need to tell the people picking up trash it's Earth Day so they get all the recycling. <laughs> like, come on now. Jesus, you just throw it on the ground. That's that's. Can you get... Can They, they should be fine. Can trash men be fine for littering? I don't know. In my uh, in in my neighborhood, they're taking pictures of stuff like that. So if I had a cardboard box on my driveway, there'd be some lunatic with a picture at six a.m. when I'm driving to the station, taking a picture of my car. And with so the, I better uh, go get it now, or I'm yes, getting fined. You're getting fined.